Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. I want mostly me. Yeah, I I understand that. Yeah, You're, yeah, and it should be mostly yeah. you. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna hear what you say when I listen back to it. But yeah, right now, yeah, it's why just, would I want to hear it? <laughs> you got a nice voice, I gotta say. Oh, I thank you very, very much. You do too. Very nice voice, and and it, it's only uh, made better by a good microphone. Oh, thank you. Some good. Sound. I do feel like I make a living with my voice, but every time anyone ever imitates me it's always like conan will do like i'm andy and it's you have to accept when something is repeatedly put in front of you like oh here's what we you know the way we feel about you when it's repeated yeah you're kind of like I guess there must be some truth to that that I well, but it's but it's the vocal equivalent of those guys that draw cartoons of you on the street. Oh, right? I know. You know what I, I mean? Know, like I it know. is and isn't you, right? Um, the character, but it is. Yeah, yeah. But it is. Yes. But it also kind of isn't. Yeah, yeah. No, and I mean, and I can, you know, I can get down here and sure. you know, I can will or net it. You know, yeah, yeah. GMC trucks. Did you ever do um, that in the morning when you wait when you first wake up and 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 just like. Hi, baby. Yeah. yeah Do like yeah. a James Earl Jones impersonation because <laughs> it's the only time of day you can actually pull it off. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're sure. Sure. I'm very sexy right when I wake up. Yeah. You ask anybody. Uh, I'm talking to Glenn Howerton. Glenn is uh, in here, uh, brought whiskey. Glenn's from It's Always Sunny and and uh, all kinds of other different things. Juilliard. <laughs> you know, it's always Sonny and Juilliard. That's what people usually, the one-two punch of Howerton, right? It, it's, I can't get, I, yeah, I can't get away from it. I, I People, my friends are it is, always. Though, it's fucking hilarious that one of you guys went to Juilliard. Yeah, it is. I, it's I, pretty fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I, and I do get that. And, and but I, the thing that's, the thing that's funny to me about it is my friends are always making fun of me. They're like, you're always bringing up Julie. And I never bring I know, it up. I know. Ever. I know. And they know, and they're just, t- but like, they are the ones that bring, it's always somebody else bringing it up. Yeah. And I can't help but laugh. It's just one of those schools. There, I have two things in my life where the response is a variation of the same thing. When I tell people where I'm from, mm-hmm. okay, they always just repeat the word back to me. Same with when I tell people that I went to Juilliard. They repeat the word. So if I say, you know, somebody asked me, where'd you go to college? Well, I was like, oh, here we go. You know, it's my first thought. And then I'm like, oh, I went to Juilliard. And they're like, 
Juilliard. They always just have to say it back. They have to say it back to me. Oh, but in a, ooh. you mean the Juilliard, uh-huh. not Juilliard Technical School? Yes, you know the... where you learn HVAC. Right, right. Yeah. The Juilliard. And then the next uh, question used to be, "What instrument do you play?" And I'm like, "I'm gonna, I'm an actor. I'm, I'm, you haven't seen you're any of You're looking anymore. at it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You're looking. At it. <laughs> you're then, listening to it right now. You're hearing it. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing was when I would tell people, "I'm from. Uh, where are you from?" I'm from Alabama. Yeah. Alabama? I know, I and know. And they always do the accent. They're yep. like, Alabama? Yeah. Like, come but on. But that's, you know, again, when you hear it so much, you know, like, everybody can't be wrong. You know, when they when they do that kind of like, because, yeah, it's weird. You don't sound like you're from, I know, that's true. I've known people from Alabama. You don't sound like you're from Alabama. Now, I mean, what people don't know is that, you were, it was an Air Force kid? Yeah, I was an Air Force brat. And you were every, you grew up all over. Like, it's crazy how many different places you grew up. Yeah, I was I was kind of all over the world um, for the first 10 years. Yeah. And then that's when we moved to Alabama and my dad uh, decided enough is enough. And he grew up as an Air Force brat as oh, well. Oh, he did? Yeah, his dad was an Air Force pilot as well. Did he have a good enough, healthy enough childhood that he's like, you know, I'm not a mess. <laughs> this won't fuck up my kid either, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'd have to, I, I don't think, I think in some ways when you grow up that way, certain, certainly for me for a long time before I realized the, the trauma that had been inflicted upon me. <laughs> Sorry, Dad, not your fault. Very yeah, no, thing. it's, but you know, what are you going to do? Before I realized that it was just normal to me yeah. to constantly be moving. It's like you live somewhere for a couple of years, you make really, really close friends, and then you're like, that was wonderful. Now it's time to move on yeah. to my next group of friends. Yeah, yeah. Find out who, who they will be. And then it wasn't until I was in my early 20s that I realized that I was almost incapable of making really, really close friends anymore. Wow. Because my I put a guard up. Yeah. Because it hurt too much. Right, to of course. Yeah. Of course. I mean, I've always found, even when I had roommates that I was not, like, not crazy about, mm-hmm. like, to, to separate from them, it... You know, you put two dogs together that don't really like each other very much. They form a pack whether they want to or not. And we do the same thing. And I've had, you know, where I'm a roommate that lived with me for six months is moving out. And it's, you know, like, okay, there's part of me that's, oh, good. And then there's another part of me that's like, don't go. Yeah. Please. You know. Uh So, yeah, I can understand why you would, you know. It's tough. It it is tough. Um, The toughest move for me we moved to a small town called Felixstowe in England mm-hmm. when I was three and lived there until I was about seven and a half. That was the toughest. Those are pretty big years, you know, because yeah. you go from being, you know, a, a baby yeah. to an actual sort of mm-hmm. individual human being. Yeah, it really felt like home yeah. to me. And I just happened to live in a really cool neighborhood where there were a ton of kids my age. And I lived in this weird thing where we had our houses were all kind of in a circle. And in the middle of that circle was a giant field. So everybody, all they had to do was walk, all we had to do was walk out into our backyards and be like, hey, should we go to the field? You know, and then we would just go into this field and, and converge. Just, yeah. yeah. But it, nice. was, it felt safe because we were all, you know, to our parents, we, just, we were all right there. So we could, I was running around outside of the house by the time I was four years old, probably wow. just free. Wow. Um, and you know that space is probably tiny; would be tiny to me now. But uh, uh, you know, back then it may as well yeah. have been. And also, England's a lot classier than Alabama. You know, well, you, you know, been, you think of the accent you'd have right now. And I did have an accent. Well, 
I had a I had a weird thing where I had an accent at school but not at home. Uh-huh. Uh, and I didn't know what I was doing. It's like speaking a different language or something. You yeah. know, I would go to school and I would have an accent with all my friends and I learned to read. So when I would read, I had an accent, but then I would come home and speak with an American accent. Yeah, yeah. And I was doing it. Wow. Yeah. It's also amazing because then from England, Virginia, then Seoul, mm-hmm. and then Montgomery, Alabama. Yeah. So that's just, you know what? It is really good showbiz training though. Because yeah. when you work on a movie, when you work on a TV show, you do- it's a very compartmentalized life and mm-hmm. you do kind of have, you know, there's the the cliche of like, it's like a family and it's like, kinda. And it is like a family, not necessarily in a good way all the time, but it is, you definitely are spending a, consum- a consumptive amount of time with these people. Yeah. And this probably was somewhat decent training for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is a it is a compressed amount of time that you're spending with these people, but um, in that compressed amount of time, is packed a lot of intensity because you're you're performing together. You, you there, there has to be such a level of trust when you're performing with people, and you are revealing yourself to them. You're revealing parts of yourself to them if you're if you're really going there as an actor. Mm-hmm. And so you're you're making yourself vulnerable in a very short period of time. It's a little bit. You know, like I, I have a theory that the the reason why so many um, amazing, amazing actors are unstable people, it, 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 they started as unstable people, but it made them amazing performers because they're the kind of person that can just walk into a room, and they're just they they have no filter. They're yeah. just they're just who they are, their most authentic self at all times, to their detriment in their n- normal everyday life. Yeah, but. It makes them incredible actors because they have no, they have, there's no part of them that goes, oh God, I have to do this scene with this, uh, with this person and and they're supposed to be my mother and I just met them and she's dying of cancer and I have to cry and how am I going to get myself to go there? You know, and and a a crazy person is just like, can go there like that. No problem. It's just not, not an issue for them. So it's an extra challenge if you're, if you're trying to be a sane person and still have access to (laughs) that. I think also too, it's a question of like having a, a well-formed distinct, distinct identity of who you are, because I think that's something that a lot of like, you know, because there's no, there's healthy actors and then there's cuckoo actors, but the cuckoo actors do really seem to be like, I, wh- who do you want me to be? Yeah, you right. Know? Oh, right. There's a there's a little bit of that. Yeah, right? you know, yeah. like, oh, you want me to be this now? Oh, okay. You know, if that's what gets me the attention that I am drawn to and repulsed by, you know, <laughs> that, that weird combo right. too. So did you feel like you were like a performer as a kid? Like, do you think that change, all those different changes kind of made you do that yourself where you were kind of like- I don't know. I don't- Because you're given the chance too to make up, you, you, you clean the slate, you show up at a new place. Yeah, when I when I was a little kid, my my parents divorced, uh, and my mom remarried, and her second husband adopted me because, like, legally adopted mm-hmm. me because my mom wanted to have more kids, so they had the same. We all would have the same last name. So I was born Richter. Then when I was nine, she remarried, and my last name became Swanson, mm-hmm. and I was Swanson all the way through high school. But I changed schools when I changed to Swanson. And my name's Paul Andrew Richter. And I thought, and it was always Andy. That was just what they called me. But I thought Andy Swanson didn't sound good. So when I went to third grade, I changed it to Paul Swanson. 
Mm. And I was Paul in my second, so my, my, in, you know, and I just went for third and fourth grade. Then we moved back to the old town and everyone's like, you're not Paul, you're Andy. I remember you. It was right. two years ago. You're Andy. And then I was, <laughs> you know, and I was Andy at home and I was Paul at school. So it was kind of a similar thing, but it was so obvious that I was just trying to <laughs> take any control over my own identity, you know? And I think that, you know, you probably had the opportunity to do that, not necessarily with the name, but like with like, I'm going to be more assertive now, or I'm going to be. Yeah, uh, I think I did. Was the awareness of being able to do that wasn't really there when I was as young as what you were talking mm -hmm. about. Uh, for me, it was more kind of stepping into a situation, trying to suss out what the vibe was at this in this particular town or yeah. in this classroom or this new school that I'm stepping into. Like, what is the what is celebrated? what is considered cool yeah. and trying to assimilate to that um, so that I wasn't a complete outcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and I always found myself torn between two worlds. One where I had a desire to be liked and popular, but then the other side of myself, which was a little bit clownish and goofy and funny. Mm. Um, so then it was just a matter of like figuring out how to use that in a way to make people laugh, to make people like me. Right. But it really was all always in service of try, just trying to get people to like me, just trying to fit in so I wasn't the outsider. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, so the adaptation piece was there because you had to, you know, I mean, stepping between all these different cultures, right? Like uh, going to an English school with proper Eng English kids and then, then going to a military school in Seoul, Korea, um, where everyone was just like me. That yeah. was in many ways. All very, American kids. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And do you have siblings? I, I don't know that. I do. I, I have an older sister. She's three and a half years older. Than okay. Me. Yeah. And so was she helpful as you sort of navigated all these different changes or? Yeah. Um, for as uncomfortable as I have been getting really, really, and I have a lot, but I don't mean to make it sound like I don't have close friends. I do. I have, I have some very close friends, but there's a point at which it gets uncomfortable for me when our lives start to feel too intertwined. I start to get a little, I get to, a little freaked out. But the one thing that Why do you I, think that is? I mean, what are you afraid of? Um, I'm afraid of the, I mean, again, it's so deep rooted at this mm -hmm. point. Um, but if I had to say, it's like, I'm afraid of them becoming too dependent upon me yep. and having to suddenly fill some sort of pivotal role in their lives. Yeah. Uh, that that I'm not prepared to commit to, it was never uh, modeled for me by my parents. Right. Um, you know, the one thing that was modeled for me was my, my parents are still together. Um, so there was always the four of us. There was always mom, dad, and Courtney. Yeah. Um, and we always had, that was the thing. So I'm very, so I have no issues with commitment with regard to like my commitment to my wife and my kids. Like that part of it is very comfortable to me. Yeah. Um, that was modeled for me. But my parents didn't have a lot of, friends over to the house or friends and they had friends but they didn't nobody was ever at the house it was yeah. like sometimes they would go play but most of the time it was just the four of us so i don't know like the idea of having other people outside of my direct family members be a, a, such a, a a huge part of my life is just foreign to me yeah yeah i, I mean i can for different reasons i can relate and that's why i asked like what you're afraid of because i have a similar thing but it's because Middle yeah. kid, the middle, yeah. the classic middle kid thing is the keeper of morale and making sure, mm -hmm. you know, the 
you know, the first kid is kind of like the test case that gets that gets all the fuck ups, you know, and then totally. yeah, and then the second kid is for a while is the baby, and then a baby comes along, and then it's like, okay, I'm not the baby anymore. I but I got to keep the peace. The peacekeeper. I gotta, yeah, I got to kind of be, you know. Do you think that's where a lot of the the comedy came from? Um, just just knowing how well laughter can diffuse situations. Definitely, definitely, and I mean, but also. I mean, there's also just like there. I come from a lot of funny people. Like mm -hmm. my dad's really, really funny. I had an aunt, uh, and the reason that I'm I exist is because my dad and my aunt, who is my mom's older sister, were best friends in high school. Oh, and they were both like like they could have been in comedy mm -hmm. in some way. You know, my dad's a co was a college professor, and my aunt did a bunch of different jobs, but. She she could have definitely like she was funny enough and enjoy and and in addition to that just also in, I've said this about her and it's and it's one of the big nicest gifts anybody ever gave me was that she insisted on having fun mm -hmm. all the time always having fun so I come from funny people so it was how I was a surrounded by people being funny yeah but it also you know when shit's tense and everybody's upset and you're under this umbrella of depression. It's kind of like, hey, how about if I do a bit for everybody? Sure. You know, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. that's, And it feels like, oh, my God, thank mm. God the pressure got lifted for a second. Yeah. You know? Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and French fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Imagine you just got home from work, dinner is ready, wine is chilled, and your man has offered you 15 minutes of heaven in the form of a foot massage. And then he says, your red light therapy session is now complete. What just happened? You found your escape at Palm Beach Tan. Break from the chaos at a Palm Beach Tan near you and leave rejuvenated. Take time for yourself at Palm Beach Tan and take that feeling with you wherever you go. New red light therapy now available featuring Australian gold. Perfect man, not included. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Can't you tell my love's a growing? Are you like other people that I talk to in comedy where they feel like... Um, you know, it's it's not that they don't think they're funny, but they feel like they have people in their lives who don't do what we do who are way funnier than them. Like, uh -oh. I, I feel like I have people— I'm the funniest motherfucker I know. <laughs> so, no. Okay, uh, okay, all right. All right. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. No, I mean, I, no, honestly, there's not— 
I mean, like you mentioned, your, you know, you said yeah. your dad was funny, but maybe yeah. he wasn't funny on that level. But like, I feel like I've had friends in the past where I'm like, you should, like, yeah. you're a thousand times funnier than I am. I don't know why I'm doing this and you're not. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just not what they want to do with their right, lives. Right, right. I mean, the closest was one of my roommates, one of my best friends. I'd gone to film school with him mm-hmm. and he was, <laughs> he was dealing weed and I got on the Conan show and I was like, I know the funniest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and. You know, and I didn't – It in the first go-around, I was like, how about my friend, um, and his name's Tommy Blatcher, he, and he's gone on to – like, he created uh, with Brendan Small the show Metalocalypse. Oh, my yeah. God. He created that, and he's the voice oh, – a couple well, of voices on there. let me tell you. Yeah. That show is amazing. It's one of the funniest things it's, ever. But it, I love it. Tommy was that funny. Yeah, and I, yeah, yeah. But he was – you know, he didn't – he just hadn't had access. He'd been in film school and everybody in, was everybody that knew him was like and I and I started doing improv and he actually when I for, took my first improv class he was like, "Hey, I think I'd like to do that." We were roommates at the time and there was a part of him that was like, "Oh shit." Yeah, he's going to crush oh you. Oh my god. Gonna, <laughs> everyone's going to realize he's so much better than me. But he did the class yeah. and and he was fucking hilarious and just has like one of those minds that you just marvel at. Yeah. And uh, and then when it got time to actually, it was Improv Olympic, uh, when it got time for Sharna Halpern to put us on stage in Chicago, he backed out. And I was like, I was like, why? Why didn't you want to What he say? get on stage? He said, he goes, there's a whole aspect to it that's, he goes, I don't want to do that. He felt like a dancing monkey. And I... I totally get it because, yeah, there's a lot of like, now we're going to do a game where you call out movie styles. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to hear or mu- musical styles. Nobody wants to be in the middle of trying to do a scene and somebody goes like, hip hop, you know, you want to just do your scene, you know, <laughs> you're not like, like, okay, yeah, now I'll do this as bluegrass, you uh-huh. know? Yeah. So he just was not interested yeah. in that. I get that. And continued, you know, he, you know, working around town, but- and I, you know, and I didn't get him the job, I, but I said, hey, let my friend try. And they all went, oh, yeah. And he came in and he was like, he's the kind of guy that makes other people funny. Yeah. Oh, a funnier. Wow. Yeah. You know, like he'll oh, cool. be in a writer's room and be so, <laughs> so disruptive. And so, you well, know. That, okay. So that's another interesting question, too, because I find that there are people in my life that I feel funnier around. Yes. Like for some reason, I'm funnier around, say, this person than I am around this person. And it's the same. And I'm like, what? That's so weird. Because you connect with them in a different way. So you're feeding off of each other. Absolutely. Like Conan O'Brien stumbled on each other in a way. And we, from the first time we met, we realized, oh, we can be we can be stupid with each other in the same way yeah. that we both delight in and that we both can do and have been doing now doing for 30 or over 30 years, you know? know? And and I had that sense immediately with him. Since what? Like, I remember you guys back in, oh my God. We started 1993? 93 was the beginning. I yeah, remember yeah. that. I was yeah. watching from the very, very beginning. Yeah, thank you. I really it was. was I, yeah. I, 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 am I crazy? Did you come on after Saturday Night Live? In my memory. They might have replayed. They might have been doing they replays. They might have did a replay of it after SNL because Lorne was the, you know, executive producer of Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Oh, oh okay. I didn't know that. And, you know, he was in their good graces and he was tasked with finding Letterman's replacement. I think I was watching um, reruns 
on Saturday after Saturday Night Live. I, 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 I don't remember if they did that, but that sounds like something they would do. Yeah, I mean, I can't say for certain again, it was a long time yeah, ago. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that's, but I remember that. And I remember yeah. thinking the, these guys are hilarious. Well, and that was why I think it, you know, Conan and Robert Smigel, who was a head writer at the time, had the sense that I, I'm certainly more funny with someone I think Conan's more funny with someone to play off of. So somebody, let's yeah. put these two together. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be more interesting, right? Which I, uh, you know, like and the and the, and the scenes co- are usually more interesting than monologues. Yeah, generally speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially when they're when the people are making it up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just going to be. You got more. You know, there's more flavors in the stew. So provided you're not misanthropic. Yes. Which I get the the yeah. impression that like somebody like Letterman and I don't know Letterman at all, but like there's that he there's he seems like there's definitely like a, a misanthropic side. Some there. people <laughs> don't play so well with others, and that's a and it's a and very he's brilliant. He's a, a genius, but it's a very stand up thing. It's yeah. a very stand up comedian oh, oh, thing. Oh, oh, and oh, yeah, and I mean, and if you look at say like the the progression of SNL, there were years where it was mostly stand ups on that show, mm-hmm. and they, they it was funny. But not the same thing. It's not the same as when there was Tina Fey and Amy Poehler and Will Ferrell. They're and, used to playing and off Molly of each Shannon, other. Yeah. who are all who who play. Yeah, They're definitely. not, you know. Yeah. But go, going back to your original point, I think that yeah, there's plenty of people that you're funnier because you just you can talk to them. You can mm-hmm. let your hair down. That's so much of it. It's just like. Ah, uh, you, you can, feel like yeah, you, that's yeah. what it is, isn't it? It's yeah. you feel like you have your per, the the your uh, like permission to be your most authentic yes. comedic self. Yes. And it's why you marry people. Yeah. You know? it was, <laughs> you yeah. Know? I, yeah. I, actually, that is very true. Like my wife, who is not a comedian on any level, nobody makes me laugh more than her. Yeah. She is hilarious. Yeah. But like not in a way that would necessarily translate to being a performer. It's just that she, I don't know. It's the, it's the, it's, it's something between the two of us. Yes. Yes. Know? I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm engaged- funny to her friends too. Yeah. But I just mean, I'm engaged to be married now. And congrats. My, thank you. And my fiance isn't a comedian, but, and, and doesn't like, when I say she's funny, she doesn't believe she's like, no, I'm not. I'm yeah. Like, no, no, Jill, no, you, you are. Yeah. Jill doesn't really think yeah. she's that funny yeah. either. And I'm like, but I'm constantly laughing. Right. Her, right. You know? Do you have, I mean, do you feel like you have a version of that with the Sunny cast and the? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And was that there from the beginning? Did it grow? It was. Yeah. It was. It was just one of those miraculous things. It just, it was like uh, stars aligning in a, in, a, in the most incredible way because I, I think, you know, a lot of people assume or, or thought that we were re- super close friends or that we grew up together, but we didn't. Um, when we started, when we shot the very first home movie, if it's always sunny, I had only known Rob and Charlie really for like two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and was that just from out here in the sort of mostly, yeah, after froth, you yes, know, yeah, after yeah. froth, yes, yeah. definitely. Um, we had known each, like we'd seen each other at auditions in in New York City when we all lived there. But then the three of us moved out to LA around the same time, and just. I don't know. I, I mean, I remember Rob called me up and he was like, hey, I know we don't really know each other, but we have the same manager and uh, me and my other friend are moving out here. Do, do you want to hang out? And first of all, my first thought of, was like, wow, just ca- cold calling somebody. Right, right. Will you be my friend? Right, right. Basically, <laughs> I was like so impressed Did you think it that. was a sex thing? Because <laughs> that's I think, my mind to go right to that, you know? Well, you know, I'm, I'm open to all possibilities. Sure, why not? Um, yeah, why say no? Why say no, yeah. If you're I, in a new uh, town, you know, I, again, another chance to reinvent yourself. Exactly. I couldn't, yeah, even, yeah. I, cu- I couldn't remember what he looked like, much less what he smelled like. <laughs> 
Um, so I was like, who knows? Uh, but no, no, I, uh, I, no, I just, I just was, I'm, I'm so, I think I've spent, I spent so much of my youth afraid of rejection. Yeah. That, the, that when, if for him to call me and be like, Hey, will you be my friend? I was like, oh, that's so, that's so, I need to, be, I want to be surrounded by people with that kind of confidence. Right. It didn't seem like it was coming from a place of desperation as much as it was like, hey, I heard you were out here. Yeah. We met in New York. Let's hang out. Matter of factness. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then we became friends. And um, and then when when the three of us started shooting thing, uh, filming stuff together, it just clicked. Yeah. It just clicked. And then the same thing was the case when, because Caitlin auditioned for, we did not know Caitlin. Um, she auditioned for us. And in her in her very first audition, I felt that. Yeah. I was like, oh, she she gets it. She yeah. gets what we're doing here. And you could just feel it right away. I was like, we were improvising with her, um, and it just made sense. Yeah. No, that's right away. It's it's just such a wonderful feeling when that happens. Yeah. Um did had you guys all moved out here with just kind of let's see what happens? I mean, did anybody have anything kind of lined up? I uh, no, I did. I, I only moved out here because I booked my, so I was doing theater in New York and, um, I had a good agent and manager. So I was actually auditioning for theater, film and television, mm -hmm. like right out of college, uh, luckily. And every time Does I would that happen, I mean, does Juilliard have that kind of like set up that where yeah. just that name gives you such a such cachet that you can kind of well it'll only take you so far right of course um um the what it does get you is eyeballs yeah so, you know people will come to the plays in the fourth year and they will come to the showcases because they're it's right, Juilliard. right um but yeah so you have access right so people you, you do have access to the possibility of getting uh, a really really great representation and yeah. i was really lucky insofar as i got really good casting in my fourth year which is crazy because i did not get good casting the first three years at all and then suddenly they were like have all the leads in oh, all the wow. plays. And it was a variety of- And they're good leads. Too. Good leads yeah, and yeah. comedies and, and dramas and all that's like juicy, juicy stuff. And then for the showcases, which for people who don't know what that is, is like you get up and, and uh, you do two scenes um, with various scene partners in front of a, uh, a bunch of people, casting directors and mm -hmm. managers and agents, right? And you're just showcasing your talent. This is called a showcase. And I saw that everybody there was doing these really like, heavy crying scenes and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, I want to make people laugh. Yeah. Because I think that is what the thing that they're not going to be getting from this yeah. and it'll make me stand out. Sure. Um, and it worked. Um, but yeah, I just, I found that like, because I never set out to be in comedy. I always liked comedy. I always knew I wanted to do comedy, but it was never my um, intention to become a comedian or a comedy actor mm -hmm. primarily. But I kept getting test offers to come out to LA to test for half hour sitcoms. Mm. And I kept saying no, because I just was like, I want to do theater in New York. I just, mm. I don't, you know, and I, and I, but then I don't know, one came along. It was that. So I got cast in that eighties show. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the, yeah. Um, and at that point there'd been, you know, in my mind, a three year gap since I'd done anything. Not true at all. I'd probably been three months, but to me, yeah. I was like, I haven't worked in three months. Nobody's casting me. These guys yeah. want me to come do this, this show. 
I can't say no. And and it's more money than I've, like, you know, I used to living on $400 a week yeah. in New York City and you sure. know, splitting burritos in half for lunch and dinner, like that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, so I was like, wow, I can, I can actually feed myself, uh, you know, and the, and the script, I thought the script was, was pretty funny and I yeah. felt like I could do something with it. It also too was a known quantity. Yeah. You know how it yeah. is. It's like, yeah. it's like, Hey, there's this new one called, you know, like the apple cart and you know, you're like, okay, great. Yeah. You know, but there's the whereas, lineage. Yeah. Whereas this was, you know, it's like everything's intellectual property IP yeah. now. It's yeah. like. There is, and you figure that out really quick. Mm -hmm. And you figure out really quickly, too, that, like, most pilots don't go, especially probably back then. I mean, uh, you know, I'm older than you, but, like, they used to buy so many comedy pilots that you just, every, every time that you'd go, like, they'd say, you they want you to be in this pilot or go read for this pilot. It's like, yeah, oh, this thing that's... That's like a, a, a baby turtle, mm -hmm. you know, heading towards the ocean and the seagulls are swarming, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, it, yeah, the 80s show, I, that's a good bet. That's a good one to leave L.A. for. Yeah. Or leave New York for, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't, and then it got picked up and um, I, I realized that I actually really liked it out, out here in L.A. And it mm -hmm. was sunny and there was, I had more space and... And I was like, let me give this a shot for a little while. Um, we only ended up doing half a season uh, mm -hmm. of that show before it got canceled. But um, but I I I was I I promised myself that I wasn't going to do anything stupid with that money. I was so used. I had such a middle class mentality growing up, and then a lower class mentality as an actor yeah. that I took all that money and I just put it in the bank. Yeah. And I was like, now I have a little bit of fuck you money. And I, I can, I can be a little bit more choosy yeah. about what I do next. And let me stay in LA for a little while and see what happens. And you know, got a couple guest star things, but and, and you know, nothing, nothing huge. But then that's when we started making. It's always sunny. Did the did the uh, agent transfer over from New York to LA? I've had, I've had the same agent and manager for twenty three years. Oh, that's great. Since I graduated, that's great. Yeah. That's really good. Man, yeah, it's unheard of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that. I'm Phoebe Judge, host of the podcast, This Is Love. Stories about love and all of the surprising forms it can take. Like a man who finds a baby on a subway platform. A woman who spends most of her time alone until a fox starts coming around. And in one of my favorite episodes, we meet a man who forgot his wife and had to get to know her and fall in love all over again. Listen to new episodes of This Is Love wherever you get your podcasts. Can't you tell my love's a girl? You know, to go from coming out here, getting a sh first of all, you come out here with a series. Uh, and then, and then, you know, you do a few guest spots and you're, you're doing okay. But then you get together with some guys and create a comedy show. Like there were, there people like comedy people that were furious with you guys, <laughs> you know, like how like UCB people or, you know, people that had been like pushing comedy, comedy, uh, comedy. 
you know? Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, again, I didn't come from the comedy world. It, yeah. it was a really weird. I did feel like most of the people who were doing the things like what we were attempting to do yeah. were coming from the sketch comedy world or the improv comedy world because what we were doing was very improv and and it wasn't sketchy, yeah. but it was, you know, there's definitely, you're doing bits and you're, you know. Sure. But what we thought was, you know, we want to approach this a little bit more like a drama and just have it be that the situations are so insane that that's what's that's what makes it funny that mm-hmm. we we were weren't trying to be overly clever or or overtly funny in our performance style. Right. You know, um it was really honestly very very heavily influenced and and um, spurred on by having watched The British Office mm-hmm. and having been watching Curb Your Enthusiasm. Those yeah. were the two shows that made us go, oh, it doesn't have to look that good. You, right. can, you know what I mean? It just looks very handheld and yep. it looks like somebody turned on a bunch of fluorescent lights, opened the shades and, and you know, and, uh, and then you could roll on it if you yeah. had funny people um, doing funny things. Like a um, loose, naturalistic kind yeah. of feel. Yeah, yeah. And there was these, you know, th- there was this category of prosumer cameras that were coming out, which were somewhere between just a handheld video camera and a professional camera. Yeah. That could shoot in what was at the time a pretty high resolution that could capture a lot of light. Um, and so it, it, it was the perfect time to do it. YouTube did not exist yet. When we, oh, wow. When we first- What year is it? What year are we talking? The first version of it we shot was, uh, it, that we, the first version was at the end of 2003. So okay. almost, almost exactly 20 years ago, which is wow. crazy. Um, so and, it took about four or five years to get to the air, right? It took, we ended up shooting two or three different versions of the first, of the home movie that we, we call it a home movie. Right. And then, and then- before we felt like we really got it. And then we shot a second episode as a home movie, just to mm. kind of, as proof of concept, like, hey, this isn't a yeah, one-up. Yeah. Like, they want can, that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and this was probably in 2004, and then we shot the, and then when we got picked up, or when we got the pilot order from FX, we shot that in uh, the fall of 2004. Uh, so it was really... Not, pretty quick. Yeah. It was a year from the time we oh, first wow. picked up cameras until we were shooting with FX. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. so it was pretty, it was relatively quick. Being in something that you produced and wrote yourself, was that was that something that surprised you that you were doing that? Yeah, I never I, I never thought that I would do that. I never thought that, I mean, I always thought like, wow, writing, directing, producing, that sounds like that's something I would want to do at mm-hmm. some point, but it happened much quicker than I thought yeah. it was going to happen. Um, and it was really spurred on by, um, I mean, I got to give McElhenney a lot of credit because he, you know, he was the one who's like, let's go, let's yeah. do this. And that energy was so infectious to me that I, I was like, yeah, let's go. Yeah, and, yeah. and we would just call our friends. And Why is that fucking guy so secure, huh? What's he got going on that he's <sighs> got the world by the ball so much? I don't know. You'll have to talk to him about that. Yeah, buying soccer teams and shit. Uh-huh. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Take it easy, McElhaney. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, that's fantastic. And I mean, and, it, and it's, I think it's also really, I think it's a big ingredient of you guys' success is that there's something organic there. Mm-hmm. You guys weren't, you're not like a boy band, you know, like the right. TV version of a boy band that was all cobbled together. You know, you guys are in the sort of the same vein as, you know, kids in the hall, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, comedy groups that started low rent and then yeah. stuck together and you know and and also too jesus christ it's hard to keep that kind of 
group marriage alive, you know, and you guys have done a pretty fantastic job of it. Yeah. I, I, it's always felt to me more like being in a band yeah. than, than being on a show. Yeah. Um, just because as you know, I mean, most shows, not, not every show, but most shows, the writers aren't, uh, maybe there's a couple of writers that act on the show, but it's, it's not separate. like it's that they're separate yeah. and the producers are not the actors and the, you know, so the fact that we were writing our own music and performing our own songs, it, it yeah. always felt like we were a band. Um, and so, you know, there's those moments of, uh, of yeah, look, we fought a lot in those first three or four seasons, but we try, we always try to make, keep it, a, make, uh, keep it about the, the work and, and not about our egos. And we, we got better and better throughout the years at recognizing when we were fighting for something because our ego was hurt yeah. versus fighting yeah, for something yeah, because yeah. we really thought, thought that it was creatively the best yeah, choice. That's a, that is definitely a learned skill. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, but it, it took, it took a while and, and now we've gotten to a really good place where we're happy to defer to whoever has the strongest feelings about any given thing. <laughs> Cause we're like, <laughs> that might just be exhaustion. That's been one of my lines. Uh, for years is, and it, you know, like in talking over a bit on the floor yeah. and going, well, why not do this? And then, uh, and then somebody there will, you know, person A will go, yeah, that could work. But I really think this aspect you're forgetting. And person B goes, you know, mm, I don't think it'll work because, and, and then I, like I said, I've used this line before. I'm like, you know, and I realized I don't care that much now. <laughs> like just that amount of dialogue right there, realized I don't care. So do whatever. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's yeah, just, it's fine. not, you know, I got to. Yeah. I'm hungry. Well, in comedy and too, I wanna... and I'm sure you guys have figured this out. There's, it's not a science. No. It's like, you, you know, there need, we need a joke here. And then there's no like, this is the best joke. It's like, no, no, this is the one we're going to go with. And, you know, and somebody might not like it, but it's, we got to move on. You well, know, and I don't, I don't really want to work with people who are like, no, this is the best joke. Yeah. No, I don't give a fuck. What oh, say. I've like, been around some of them and it's like, it's usually fear-based. Yeah. Did this kind of, because it was a bit of a divergent path to go from wanting to be a, a, a Broadway actor and mm. then kind of go, oh, all right, I'll do this TV show and I'll come out here. And then you end up being like one of the authors of the longest running comedy and television. I mean, has that made you kind of have to restructure your idea of yourself? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I've gone through many identity crises. Yeah. Crises um, over the course of, of doing It's Always Sunny where I'm like, you know, both incredibly grateful and and artistically satisfied while also feeling like I'm being held back from exploring other parts of yeah. my, other sides of my creativity that that I just simply do not have enough time or energy left over after working on the things that I'm already working on to pursue. Um, and the resentment that comes along with that. Now, it was never like a deep, deep, deep resentment because it was all stuff that like I talked to people about. I would talk yeah. to my friends about it. I would talk to Robin Charlie about it and everybody knew, you know. Um, you know, so so there was a lot of support there, um, but it was you know it, it 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 has been tough at times in the past because there are other things that I want to do and yeah. pursue, and I'm I'm actually MacLenny and I do not share uh, this thing that he has, which is almost like boundless amounts of energy. Mm -hmm. I I I'm not a great multitasker. Yeah, me neither. I kind of need to do one thing at a time and do it really really well. And I and, and the good thing is, is I get so focused on something and so obsessive over something that when something interrupts me, everything's an irritation. Yeah. I'm like, just, I'm trying to, you know, even if it's a, an email. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm crafting this email. Shut up. You know, my phone dings. I'm like, shut the fuck up. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, um, so I, 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 
you know, it's tough. It's tough for me to to do multiple things. I'm trying to get better at it. Yeah. Um, yeah, life kind of demands it after a life while. Life, yeah, especially yeah. you know, you've got kids. I've yeah. got kids, and um, you know, so you just you, you kind of have to have to figure out how to how to do that. But um, you know, now we've gotten it down to where we're really only doing eight episode seasons, so there is more time. Yeah, yeah. Outside of the show, to you know, because it, it, it I do want to continue doing the show, but I do want to have time to pursue other things. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, and once you get to this point where you're secure, why not? You know, why yeah. not? Yeah. yeah. Um, let's get to the whiskey. Well, now, okay, so let me ask you a couple of things. Uh, are, you a, are you a whiskey drinker? Are you a whiskey fan? I am a whiskey drinker, but uh, not scotch. I okay. do not like the— and, and This is so not scotch. I was very happy that this was Irish whiskey because I like Irish whiskey. Well, now, to clarify— um, It's called Four Walls. It's called Four way. Walls, which is meant to represent the four walls of the bar. Right. Keep the good times in and the bad times like out. Like from the, uh, you know, the George Jones song, Bartender's Blues, that James Taylor wrote for him. I need four walls around me to hold my life. Yeah. To keep me from going astray. I've never heard that. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's crazy. It's that's a great crazy. Song, yeah. Well, um, so this 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 one this one is in a is, fancy box. This one's in a fancy box, and uh, we do, so all we've done so far is is we put a, out a couple limited releases. This this was the these two were the first limited releases. When you that say we, did. we, you just mean you, right? Well, me, Rob, and Charlie. Oh, okay. So it, Rob, Charlie, and I are working on this project together. We've mm-hmm. working on it for a couple of years, and. Um, uh, How does this start? How does somebody go like, you know what, we should have a whiskey? We had been talking about doing something in the space for a while. It just felt in like the a lick in liquor. Actually, no. We oh. initially what we wanted to do is we wanted to do a beer. Uh huh. Um, because we thought like, you know, there's just so many celebrity alcohol brands out there. It just felt like a crowded space, and nobody's doing beer. Yeah. And now I think there's like a football player who has a beer or something. But anyway, oh, we, is there a- at the time, you know, it was like. That seems like an untapped, and felt like more like more close to who we were seen as as a sure. show and as people. You know, it was like, you know, the kind of thing you could crack open six of them at a barbecue and you know, and uh, not be completely hammered. Um, <laughs> what we found, yeah, out because it is like, yeah. You do need a beer when it's connected to Sunny. It does need to be a beer that you can drink continually. I think so. All the time. Well, yeah, also, yeah. like, I personally, as a beer drinker, do not, I'm not a big fan of IPAs. I'm just, not either. I just don't like- I, I will drink cologne if I want to drink cologne, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, it tastes like a like somebody fermented a fruit salad was, and then made yeah, it fizzy. No. I just, I'm not into it. Uh, I like beer tasting beer. Beer like tasting beer. Pilsner beer. Same. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yes, a lager or a Pilsner. That's yeah. what I want. So that's what I wanted to do is I wanted to do like a sunny lager and maybe I'll still do it at some point. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, you know, we we were partnered with this uh, company called Spirits of the Night, and you know, started talking about an interesting new category of whiskey uh, called Irish American whiskey, oh. of which there are very very few. And we thought, well, that seems the, to be the most uh, on brand yeah. thing we could do as an Irish American bar, as Irish Americans ourselves, the mm-hmm. three of us. Um, are you guys all Irish? I mean, not whole, not a hundred percent. Rob, yeah. Rob is pretty well, much. Well, sure, like, of course. He's, you know. Yeah, he looks like a potato. With yeah, he did. arms and legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He is. Uh, he is as Irish as it gets. Yes. for sure. Um, and Charlie and I are are large parts, yeah, lar- yeah. large enough parts. Right. Irish. That, yeah. 
You um, get grandfathered in. Just, yeah, we're grandfathered. Uh, just under the wire. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we thought, uh, let's let's see if we can come up with a blend that, that would be interesting that combines Irish and American whiskey. I'm a big rye whiskey fan. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to cocktail, I like drinking rye, rye whiskey straight or on the rocks, but I love it in a cocktail. Yeah. So we thought, what if we could create a whiskey that like drinks really smooth like an Irish whiskey does, like the kind of thing where you order a shot and a beer, you know, or you can sip on an Irish. It's just very, very smooth, but still has some of the kind of bolder flavors of a rye whiskey so mm-hmm. that it holds up better in a cocktail. What if we could create the bartender's utility whiskey where he could, the bartender can use it for anything. So that's the, that is the Irish American whiskey. And this is a very, very limited, very special uh, 15 year Irish whiskey that we sourced um, that uh, to celebrate 15 seasons of that, sunny. Is it coming from Ireland? That was yes. not Irish American. That one's this one is Irish, just Irish. Irish. This is yeah, Irish yeah. as it gets. Uh, it's cask strength, so it's uh, it's got some kick to it. Yeah. Um, but well, I'm going to try the regular try, one. Try, try, try I'm going to try the regular one. I had we brought ice and we also uh, scoured. We're at the Conan Studios and we scoured the place and found that the podcast Inside Conan. Mm-hmm. There's rocks well, and that's glasses. A, that's a big rocks glass. It is. It is. It, it, you know, I don't know what you're doing after this, but maybe don't fill the glass. <laughs> um, Listen, I here, hand me that ice. I'm gonna have some yeah, of yeah, that yeah. stuff too. I, I like this. It's good brown. All right, that's delicious. It's good. It's very good. Yeah, yeah. It's a solid. So the this is the this is the again the limited release which we also just released in the UK. Um, uh, the mass market. Like this one is limited and. This one is also limited. Um, oh. The first run we did was it was just in the U.S. and it was all for charity. Um, uh-huh. It's a benefit, like bar- Yuck. Uh, Yeah, I know, right? Ugh, what a waste! It's where we're pandering. We're I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. It's yeah, you got to get that out of the way. It's a good look, right? Right. You, you know got to I mean? get it that out of the way before you like uh, shove more money into your money holes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love my money hole. <laughs> um, but th- cheers! Cheers! Thank you so much. I appreciate you not trying. A lot of, not a lot of people bring booze here. I don't even. Has anybody brought booze? I don't think so. No. I feel like there was one, but I don't remember what it was. Oh, it's Aisha Tyler. Oh, she did. Yeah, she's got a uh, uh, cocktails in a can. Oh, she's great. I, I love and her. And they're really good. They're good. I, I, Google it, people. I don't remember okay. the name. I, I I barely remember what happened yesterday. I'm gonna so. look it up. Yeah, yeah. Well, so so again, what we were t- attempting here was to it should have that smooth, slightly sweet, but not syrupy yeah, Irish whiskey, and, it, and it's got a little zing. It's got a little, a little bit zing of at rye the end. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what that does is it makes it so because like Irish whiskey, generally speaking, doesn't really hold up well in say a Manhattan or um, a lot of the cocktails that are normally yeah. associated with bourbon and, and rye whiskey. It just but, well, a lot of those cocktails. It's like putting really good booze in a margarita. It's like mm-hmm. why do you why? Yeah, yeah. You know? But this, this, the intention with this is is really that you should be able to drink it any way that it uh, it suits you. You can, you know, the price point. So when we go to the mass market, the price point's going to be much lower, and it should be the kind of thing where we want to see bottles, empty bottles of it stacked right. up behind the bar. It's not. It shouldn't be precious. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm taking a drink of the fancy. Now, right do now. me a favor. Actually, maybe rinse that out with some water first because Jesus. You, yeah. No. I, yeah. 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 You're I'm gonna, not going to be able to tell the difference. Well, I, trust me, you are. This stuff is is like a, yeah, but am I going to drink this and then go? Man, that first one was dog piss compared to this. That's, that's my only fear. Oh, okay. I almost didn't bring that one for that very reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I actually uh, got to go to Ireland uh, because I was <laughs> all the uh, because I was on uh, name that tune. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> that you know Fox does a version of Name That Tune, and they asked me if I, which I, which I like doing game shows, but that one uh, I'm very insecure about that because I don't know any music past about 1984. So I just was like, oh shit, they're gonna throw some fucking Christina Aguilera at me, and I'm not gonna know who the hell, what the hell it is. <laughs> I love that. But, that's your most modern example. But, well, yeah, but exactly. Yeah, See, yeah, that's yeah. the point. And but then uh, they said it's in Dublin. I was like, okay, oh, and, cool. you know, and my fiance and I went and had a great time. And you know, because Irish whiskey was Jameson to yeah. me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or uh, Bushmills is that the other one? That's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was those two. And I and so I didn't really know that much about it, but it's like it's it's delicious, and it's and I think it was also off put because I just thought it was probably more like scotch, and scotch to me I don't know the it's the peat. like the peatiness it's it's like a yeah. burnt band aid, you know it that's what it always there's a burnt flavor and then something about the way it smells like a can of Band-Aids to me. So you, I, you do not like eating, consuming Band-Aids? I do not like eating Band-Aids, whether they're burnt or not. Mm. You know, some people... Yeah, some people they, are into Yeah, that. they can take a, you know, an unburnt Band-Aid. Yeah. Other people... You don't have to you swallow know. it, but, you know, right, some right, people right. like just, just chew, chew on it. it. Sure, sure. Especially yeah. if it's got, like, you know, some fluid in there from the, a wound. Oh, mm. yeah, yeah. Delicious gravy. Boy. All right, here we go. Here's the fancy one. This is the 15-year one. Yep. Okay, it is. It's better than the other one. Yeah. See, this is this. This was exactly my fear. It yeah. was that now this one gets described as it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but is, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? GM, you know, don't put out a Cadillac if you don't want the Buick to look like shit. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> well, that's why. That's why this. I mean, look, we 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 did. You know, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this, but um, oh. we bought some twenty year old casks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we bought a bunch of 20-year-old cast. When you say down. a bunch, how many is that? <laughs> a bunch. Um, you know, that's a that's a question. I'm not sure exactly. That's a great, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very limited. I, I think yeah. probably like five You're, or six. You look too good to know that kind of numbers. I'm no, too yeah, pretty yeah. to yeah, right, have right, to know right, right. the specifics of it. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's for ugly people. No, my job is to be on here, talk good, and be pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and by the way, you're doing fantastic. <laughs> thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we bought some 20 year stuff and um, I don't know when we're going to release it. I don't know right. if we're going to, I'm sure we'll do something with it at some point, but um, I don't know if you know this, but I mean, Irish whiskey really is making kind of a comeback right now. Mm-hmm. It was not a big commodity for a long time. It had kind of gone out of favor with the exception of the, you know, the, the usual suspects like, uh, you know, like Jameson, for instance. Mm-hmm. So, so there's not a lot of 15, 20, 25-year-old Irish whiskey right. in the world. Right. It's, it is really, so this stuff really is really, really special. Look, we we sold this, this was $1,000. Wah, 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 wah? This was $1,000. Wow. Yeah. Um, again, all the money went to charity. Ugh. So don't come at me. Ugh. Gave all the money to, cha- well, all of we gave all of our money to yeah. charity. I mean, you know, the people. All that booze-soaked money went you know, to probably save seals or something i don't know i Uh, I, no it went to it went to went to bartenders actually went to bartenders yeah bartenders like uh, a pandemic relief kind of deal Mm -hmm. oh that's great yeah that was the idea is like uh now see that's fine yeah you're fine with that with me yeah yeah okay good if it was orphans or some shit i'd be furious I'd throw this drink right in your face. I don't know. I fa- <laughs> Orphans. I mean, ever since oh. Annie, they get all the oh, attention. They're constantly, you know, it can't be that bad. 
Because, I mean, think about it. No parents? There's, Whoa, my God. That would be fantastic. Yeah, they're jumping around singing and dancing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Got dogs with no pupils. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. They <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, got well, dogs that also function as mops. I mean, you know, it's not to like. It's really delicious. Yeah, it's 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 pretty it's great. Really, really like it. good. Yeah, it's good. I mean, and you have to consider for cask strength. I mean, it's almost 120 proof. Um, and a regular whiskey that most people drink buy off the shelf is about right. 80 proof. So this is right. like a you know 1.5 times right. the strength. So considering how strong it is, I think it's incredibly smooth. Yeah. Personally, well, I mean, this is the end of three years of sobriety for me. So it's good that it's going with something strong. Oh, no. Um, yeah, yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah, it's It'll all going to be, be fine. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you feel better now than oh. you have in, in oh, the years God. that you were sober. I, I'm myself again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have not been me for a oh. long, long time. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Uh, what have I done? No, this has been, this is like a, it's like do the podcast and then take a little drink break in the middle. Yeah. Uh, and now we're going to wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> did we even get to any of the three questions? Well, the whole yeah, absolutely. We did. Where we got are you where, from? Uh-huh, yeah. Where are you going? We're kind of talking about that in a way, and we, we touched on that. I mean, are there specifics about where you're going? Like, are is there... Unfinished business? Is there something left undone? I got a lot of un- yeah, I yeah, got a lot yeah. of unfinished business. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But is it work stuff? Is it life stuff? Is it you know all of it? I've always yeah. got something that's like you know just out of my grasp. But like mm-hmm. I still think I can be a professional tennis player. I just <laughs> I just need my knees to hold out for a couple more years. I just need to learn how to play. I well, that's, uh, yeah, 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 I'm sorry. Right, right, I'm sorry. I should sure. have mentioned that's probably yeah, yeah. The, the most important thing. The is, rules. Like, what is love? I what need does to, that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, what yeah. does that mean? It's, it's so stupid. Zero. Um, no, but I I I <laughs> I'm actually only half joking. I do, I do really adore tennis and yeah. and it's a, a sport that I've taken up late in life. But but I, and I and I've gotten quite ambitious about it. Like I really do want to get better at it. Um, but but is it is that something that you just do? Like if you I don't know if you paint, but like if you painted, would you need to be a really good painter or else it would bug you? No. Yeah. Okay. No, I need to. What I need to be able to do is play tennis with other people that are decent yes. at it. And be able to hang. Yes. Because um, the best way to play tennis is with somebody that's a little bit better than you. Yep. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. I still I, I still have things that I want to do as, a, as an actor. I want to I, – I, I'm, I'm working on shifting my focus back to becoming um, an actor again. Yeah. And not, not, not as much – I mean, and I'm still writing and I'm still producing and I'll always do that. But I – I'm really trying to create more space in my life for other things that I mm-hmm. want to do, like movies like the Bla- like BlackBerry. Um, I want to be able to do take on more roles like that. Um, I want to take on new challenges, and um, you know, I like to surprise myself. I like to surprise an audience. My favorite thing is as a as a viewer is yeah. to watch somebody who I've mostly known for comedy do something great in the drama space, or somebody who's really known for being serious and everything suddenly be hilariously funny. Yeah. That's so, that's so gratifying to me. I love when someone can do that. And it's, because I just want to be surprised as a viewer. I yeah. want to be, I don't know, I, I want to be, you know, I'm not I'm not a big fan of the type of entertainment that allows you to sit back and kind of just go like, oh, this is, this is good, you know? I want to be the kind of thing where you're sitting back, you're watching it, and then you go, well, now, wait a minute. Yeah. And then you start to find yourself like sitting forward. That's, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that, that I want to do. Yeah. So that's, that's where I'm headed. I just, and I want to work with people that I respect and like. The, the third question is the, what have you learned? I mean, what do you, 
you know, you have had, I mean, because you've had a very sort of varied, a varied youth. You mm-hmm. kind of started on one track and kind of went to the other, but it's, you know, but I mean, in a holistic sense, it's all kind of part of the same thing. Yeah. Um, and, and what do you, what do you want people to take away uh, from that story? I had a little bit of an epiphany when I was around 30 years old. And I don't know any other way to put this that's not going to sound super cliche. Mm -hmm. But I realized that my, if I had a superpower, it was, it was to just be my authentic self. Mm. It was something that happened while we were filming It's Always Sunny. And I'd read Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now. Mm -hmm. And I made a decision to stop constantly futurizing. That's not a word. No, but I know about, what you mean. It's yeah. not a bad word to to coin a phrase. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it, it, and and the challenge became how do I how do I not constantly be thinking about the result of what I'm doing and just follow my passion in the moment or follow my impulses in the moment? But the challenge is how do you do that while not being a completely selfish person yeah. who is not thinking at all of the consequences of their actions? Right. But you know, I I just realized that. I'd been holding myself back for a long time because I was a people pleaser. Mm. I wanted to please other people. I wanted other people to like me. And what I didn't realize was that that was the thing that was making me so insecure. Like I felt almost insecure. I didn't realize that I'd been insecure for for a period of time. Mm. This was something in my early 20s. And I wasn't always like that. Like when I was in school, I... I, uh, I, 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 I've gone through periods where I felt that sense of like, I'm just going to do my thing. Yeah. And trust that it's going to work. Yeah. And then once I became a professional actor after I graduated um, from Juilliard, I found myself suddenly being like, okay, now, like almost making a shift, like, okay, that was great. That was fun. What a great experiment. Now this is the real world. This is, yeah. How do I conform the to The stakes what, are, are real now. Yes. Yeah. Right. So now I have to be what other people need me to be. Otherwise, I'm not going to work. Right. And that was the biggest mistake I could have yeah, ever made. Yeah. You know, because there is, and I truly believe it's not to get all kind of corny and cheesy, but like there really is only one you mm-hmm. in the entire universe. And if you try to conform to 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 what the world wants you to be or whatever, then you're not being your authentic self, which means you're robbing the world of the one thing that you have to give that no one else can give the world, which is you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really kind of hit hammered home for me. That was the biggest lesson that I learned as a performer, but also just as a as a person. Yeah. To just, but but one caveat to that is while you're being your authentic self, you do have to try. I, I mean, I think. You, you must pursue being a good person. Oh, yeah. Because you don't want to be your authentic that's always, self. That's just, always the caveat of, with everything. Like, here's, you know, do this. And then there should always be an asterisk that's like, but don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. <laughs> just don't be a dick, you know. Well, one version of being your authentic self or one interpretation of that is, is being a dick. Is being a dick, yeah. right? You're just like, this is what I want in this moment. Right, I'm being right. present. Fuck all y'all. And fuck y'all. y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that. So it's not that. Yeah. It's not that. You have to you have to pursue being a good person and having a conscience, uh, a conscience and ethics and morals. Yeah. Um, and find your authentic self within within that thing where you're mm-hmm. conscious of other people's needs and other people's wants, um, but not compromising who you are at your core. And yeah. certainly as an artist, you know, if if you weren't able to access 
It's in those moments that you're with those friends that we were talking about that make you feel the funniest that yeah. you can be. It's in those moments that that you find your authentic self. And right. then the, 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 so then the challenge becomes, how do I take that into my professional life? Mm -hmm. how, do I how do I take those feelings that I feel when I feel so free with this friend who makes me feel like the funniest version of myself? How do I take that into yeah. situations where I'm maybe not surrounded by those people yeah. and still mm -hmm. bring that? Well, Glenn, thank you so much thank for, you for coming in. This has really been fun. And not just because you brought liquor. Uh, because it's, no, this is, uh, you know, I, you, you, um, you're willing to go there. Yeah. I like going there. Yeah, I, I do I, too. Yeah. That's the point of this podcast is, you know, and it's, it's a lot more fun when somebody's willing to take a moment and go, Oh, let me think about that. You know? And it's not like kind of the only way I know how to be, I, I'm not. Yeah. I, I prefer that. I like, I like the longer form yeah. sort of therapy. Yeah. Oh, I Any should therapy? consider that. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, have you been in therapy at all? <laughs> I have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, but I need more. I think, I need but more. that's, but it's a thing. It's a thing. You get used to where you're not afraid to go like, why am I like that? Yeah. There's a lot of people that are real afraid of that. And it's yeah. like, what are you afraid you're going to find out? You know, like the, all the things that you already know, yeah. you know, I'm a little bit of an open book. Yeah. And, and I do think that's because I have. Uh, strived to be um, a good person, a self-aware person. Yeah. Um, so I don't mind going there because I don't think I don't think of going there as like, ooh, I'm going to expose something awful about myself. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's that's what people are looking for when they listen to a podcast like sure. this. They want to hear things that you know where they're like, oh shit, right? Yeah. That's I feel that too. Yeah. You know, I, I, I oh, know. that guy's a human. He's a human. You know, what a what a terrible sin. <laughs> well, all thank right. you for drinking whiskey with me. Sure, thank you, and uh, thank all of you for out there. Um, thank all of you for out there for that's the, the listen thing. Bye now. We like uh, the listen, and so bye. Bye. <laughs> The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco production. It is produced by Sean Doherty and engineered by Rich Garcia. Additional engineering support by Eduardo Perez and Joanna Samuel. Executive produced by Nick Liao, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, with assistance from Maddie Ogden. Research by Alyssa Grawl. Don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to The Three Questions with Andy Richter wherever you get your podcasts. And do you have a favorite question you always like to ask people? Let us know in the review section. Can't you tell my love's a-growing? Can't you feel it ain't showing? Oh, you must be a-knowing. I've got a big, big love. This has been a Team Coco production. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.